Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Leah Hextall stops by to give her thoughts on the upcoming homestand for the Winnipeg Jets and why Christian Veselainen maybe shouldn't have gone to Finland so soon. We'll chat with a world champion bowler from Winnipeg. He just won a gold medal in Hong Kong. It's super cool. And the Friday tradition, the power parlay. That's all on the podcast. Time to bring on our hockey correspondent, Leah Hextall. How's your week been, Leah? It's been all right, but Christian, I'm so proud of you right now. Do you have any idea why? I have no clue. You tell me. <laughs> Are you not used to people saying that to you? <laughs> it's true. You're not wrong. I've. <laughs> no, I'm kidding because you said the Jets and the Blues are tied at 0-0. Oh. One of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when there's no score. Yeah. Because there is a score. It's 0-0. Zero to zero. That's the score. So anyways, that's a little pet peeve of mine. When you said that, I was like, that boy. Oh, my gosh. Now, I will sometimes say scoreless or there's no score, and then there's a little voice in my head, and now that little voice is going to sound like you right. saying 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your feedback, Leah. Uh, so let's, t- <laughs> let's talk about the Jets. Not really anything to talk about tonight so far, but... The play of the of Sammy Niku, I think. Let's start there because a lot of people have been waiting to see him, what he looks like in a Jets lineup. Took a little bit of getting used to the NHL action, but he's done himself, I think, pretty well over that three-game road trip, wouldn't you say? He certainly did. And you're looking at him having his fifth straight performance here, even though they got Dustin Bufflin and Kulikov back after missing 10 games due to injury. He's still in, and I think that says a lot. And Paul Maurice was speaking to the fact that he thought the game on the island was the best game that he had seen of him on the back end for the Winnipeg Jets. And that likely has a lot to do with the fact that he's growing confidence. I can't stress enough how important confidence is. When any analyst that I've worked with that is a former player, they speak about this so much. And it's not just with young players that are coming into the league, but it's even with veteran players. I mean, we saw it even with Patrick Laine when he didn't have confidence. But once you get in there, once you realize, I can keep up, I know what I'm doing, I can play this game, the confidence starts to come. And I think, I, you know, I, you know, Josh Morrissey, he's going to likely come back. He's just suffering from a small tweak. Paul Murray says he's going to be likely ready to go against Philadelphia with the lower body. But it would be nice to see him get to stick around even a little bit longer. But you also want to see the Jets healthy. But the good thing to know, Christian, is the fact that the Jets have this kind of organizational depth. Because as we saw against the Islanders, half their defense were Manitoba Moose players. Mm-hmm. And they looked pretty good. And it looked pretty seamless. And that really goes back to that point, Christian, and we spoke about this. I know that I was very vocal when Christian Veselainen decided to opt out of his contract and go back to Europe, and a lot of people still to this day, I don't think enough was made about this. The reason that you can see these players slip in, like Nelson Ogier and, and Sammy Niku, is because, like I've said, they're in the system, and the way the Jets and the Moose do it, it's so seamless. The same language, the same systems, they're in the same building. That is such a great importance for the development of these players, and I think Sammy Niku and Mason Appleton are great examples of that. Yeah, let's talk about Mason Appleton because he's finally received a chance. Sometimes we wonder at the start of a season if these guys that are doing well with the Moose will ever get a shot in the NHL, and then inevitably over the course of the season, injuries happen. We saw it last year with Jack Roslovic getting some extended time, and now we're seeing it with Mason Appleton on that fourth line. He hasn't really missed a beat either. 
He hasn't. And, you know, what you got to love about this is we're not talking about a first-round draft pick here. We're talking about a sixth-rounder from 2015 who spent some extra time in college instead of coming up sooner because he felt it was good for his development, and he made the right decision. And last year he comes in, he wins Rookie of the Year for the Moose. He was the first player in franchise history to win the Rookie of the Year honors. 63 points in 73 games. He was an absolute rock star down there. And now you're seeing the transition to that fourth line. And I do believe that the fact that he's playing alongside two players that he has familiarity with, with Jack Roslevic and Brendan Lemieux, is helpful for him. Even if it's Nick Patan, you can insert Lemieux or Patan in there because they've all spent time down in that system. And again, it comes back to that system. I know that people kind of dismiss the American Hockey League. But it's so important, and if the Jets are going to win the Stanley Cup, it's that system that's going to let them do so. So this homestand right now, they've got the Blues tonight, and I find it really weird that they're playing their fourth and final game against the Blues on December 7th. Isn't that amazing? I thought the exact same thing. I was like, already? (laughs) Right, I know. And they've got a couple games now against Philly, Chicago, Edmonton, where none of them right now in a playoff position is an eight-game winning streak expected now for the Jets? Well, that's the interesting point, right? Because you would think so. You would think these are all teams that have had their struggles this season and have been going through some adversity. As you just mentioned, they're not in the playoff picture. But they could get that eight straight game. But what the Jets have to really be concerned about, and one of the things the coaching staff was going to look at tonight was how they would play against these teams. I mean, the last time they faced the Blues, they lit them up. Patrick Laine alone, that was his five-goal performance. The Blues are a fragile club right now, but you have to be careful when you're a team as talented as the Jets. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. You can't look past these teams because there is parity, and they do have skill, and they can strike, and they can put a full 60 minutes together if you allow them to. There's games that, for teams, when the Washington Capitals is a Stanley Cup champion, so the Nashville Predators roll into town, you know that every player on the Jets is getting up. It's harder when you're playing against teams that are below your talent level because sometimes you tend to play down to them. So I know that the coaching staff was really emphasizing to the players that over this next stretch, these points are pivotal. It's a very busy time of year. They need these games. And we'll see if they can pull together that eight-game win streak because, Christian, you're right. It is a possibility at this point. Well, and even you take away those four games, December itself really isn't that hard. You look back at the three games they've already won in December against non-playoff teams for the most part. We've got the Kings coming up, the Canucks coming up. But you got Tampa sneaking in on the 16. Right, but that's <laughs> but that's it. They're fewer and far between. You have yeah. to really look for it. And you got another matchup against Chicago, San Jose as well. Calgary, Minnesota, a little tougher after Christmas, but this is a time of year where the the Jets can really pad up some points here in December. They can, and isn't that interesting? Because you wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the season, or even you know maybe a year ago, you look at those teams. St. Louis has been a powerhouse. Look what they did and all the offseason moves they made. You thought they were going to be excellent this year. You didn't expect Chicago to struggle the way they are. This should have been actually a hard month for them, mm-hmm. but it's not because of the way these teams are playing right now. But it's, you know, it could be to your point, Christian, I think you've nailed it. When you have a chance to make hay in the NHL, you've got to do it. Every point is so pivotal because, again, towards the end of the season, we don't know where the Jets are going to be. And because of that trip to Finland, they have the condensed schedule in the last month and a half. 
So they need to get the points where they can and take advantage where they can. And that's what good teams do. That's what championship teams do. So we'll see how they do here. Yeah, and in January, leading up to the All-Star break, I know we're looking way ahead here, but Pittsburgh, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, Nashville, Dallas, all ahead of the All-Star break in January. So it gets tough, but that's the nature of a schedule. You got some easy teams, you got some hard teams. It is, and the thing is, like I said, it wasn't expected that it would be this easy in December because I did not see some of these teams struggling the way that they are. Who's been the biggest surprise for you in the NHL this year? You know what? That's a great question. Um, I think right now, you know, who has been the greatest surprise? I actually, you know, Colorado is actually playing really well. And, you know, I think, too, to me, it's that I just look at the player that Nathan McKinnon's become. I mean, I know that when he came into the league, he won Rookie of the Year honors, but he's really right up there with the Sidney Crosby's and the Connor Davis of the world, and he's really driving that team along with Landis And I'm really impressed with how strong – Colorado has been, and I think that they could challenge Nashville and Winnipeg to take top spot in this division, and perhaps, really, quite frankly, we've seen it a lot from the Central, the top spot in the conference. So they've been, you know, I know that they had talent, but they're playing really good hockey right now. Absolutely. That top line is top-notch. And you're listening to your Hextall on Hockey earlier in the week, year, uh, or I think it was last week, the bloom is off the rose for you when it comes to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, maybe people think I'm a pessimist. Listen, I I love a good story. I'm a journalist. Everybody loves a good story that comes out of nowhere. And, yes, Buffalo is better than they have been. But that 10-game win streak, you know, to me, it's just something that we're going to look back at in, you know, two months from now or at the end of the season. And I think actually what we're going to be saying is, hey, remember when this team won 10 games? Because I don't think they have the ability or the horses at this point to keep that kind of win streak going, which, you know, it's ended. But I just don't think they're as talented or, you know, they're nowhere near a challenging team. I mean, there's so many great teams right now, and especially when you look in the East, you look at Tampa, you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, they're getting scary because Frederick Anderson is playing out of his mind, and then they have so much talent up front. So, you know, it's uh, the Buffalo Sabres are definitely not a team that I expect to really be on the radar. I honestly don't see them making the playoffs, to tell you the truth. Well, fair enough. There are teams right now, Buffalo, Montreal, that are in the playoff position that tough to know where you'll be in four months, but, you know, kind of enjoy it while it lasts if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes it fun, right? Like, it's it's boring when you see the exact same teams doing so well. The perennial powerhouses like the Chicago Blackhawks, the LA Kings for, you know, in the 2000s there, about, you know, they went back and forth there from 2010 on. But it's nice to see a new team, and especially, honestly, it's for the fans in Buffalo, because we know what they've been through. And it has not been easy. And they have a brilliant fan base. Buffalo is an incredible hockey market. If you've never been there, it's one of the funnest places to go watch a game. They really know the sport. They love their team. They support it mightily. And it's nice to see them have some really fun young players coming up. And it's nice to see Skinner finally, Jeff Skinner finally finding a place to play because he is a talent. But I just, again, I I think it's going to be a fun story. It's great for the fan base, but I don't see them having the horses to pull them into the playoffs. All right, Leah, as always, appreciate you checking in with us. Well, have a great weekend. Now, the name Mitch Hoopay might not ring a bell, but the 23-year-old Winnipegger became a world champion this week at the Million Tinkle World Men's Bowling Championship in Hong Kong. Million Tinkle is the sponsor. Hupe captured the gold medal. It's awesome. Now he's in Calgary getting ready for another tournament, and that's where he joins us from now. 
on the CGOB Sports Show. Mitch, congratulations. Are you tired right now after that long flight home? Yeah, yeah, um, it was definitely a long trip back, and, uh, you know, we finally settled into that time zone, but uh, had to leave right away. How long is the flight from Hong Kong? Uh, I think it was about 16 hours. So how much of that did you sleep? Not enough. (laughs) I think I slept maybe three or four of it. It's tough, isn't it, on a plane like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, not very comfortable. So what do you do to pass the time, then? Uh, I mean, they have movies, so we can watch movies. Um listen to music not too much unfortunately i didn't have any wi-fi either doesn't sound like great but at the same time you got to at least probably ponder what you did in hong kong so tell us what happened in hong kong uh sure yeah so there was the uh, men's championships uh in hong kong it's a tournament that's held every i believe two to three years um so all the countries uh, of course send i think uh, a team of six um you know if they can get six people um to represent their country and there's Four events. Um, there's singles, doubles, trios, teams, um, five-man team. And uh, after the, all of those events, there's a kind of a culmination of your scores, which leads to an all-events and um, a top 24 Masters, which was the event that I won. Um, so after all the uh, previous events, um, and they tally up your scores, the uh, top 24 came back and, and kind of did a bracket match play. And so you beat uh, an American, it was like a best of three final? Right, yes. So the whole bracket was a best of three uh, scenario. Okay. What's your mindset heading into a big match like that? Uh, I mean, it was very exciting, um, to say the least. Uh, I guess I was just really happy to be an opportunity. And, um, yeah, it was I mean, just one match away from a gold medal, so you can really ask for more. Now, it was the top 20 four qualifiers but you came into that in 20th place so did you expect to get through that and win it all right um yeah i I definitely came in as the underdog um but luckily in in those uh those match play situations um it's really anybody's game um i had to go through of course the uh the number one qualifier the number two the number three and the number four um to get there but uh that's one of i guess the 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 good Parts of our sport is that uh, it really comes down to uh, anyone's game when those in those situations. Is this like the world championship in bowling? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's what it was. It was the, I guess, as high as you can go internationally um, in terms of representing your country. So this is a pretty big deal, then. Um, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, bowling is not an Olympic sport uh, just yet. So that uh, is our Olympics uh, essentially. How long have you been bowling? I've been bowling since I was six years old. Any reason why you got into that? Uh, not not specifically. I mean, I was kind of in a stage, I guess, at that point where my parents kind of threw me into uh, multiple sports to see what would stick. They bowled when they were kids. Um, nothing too serious, just something that they enjoyed doing, so they thought that I would like it. And uh, who would have known that this is where I'd be today? So where did you bowl growing up? Are there specific spots in the city where it's better to train for bowling? I don't know about necessarily training, but um, I, I grew up bowling at Chateau Lanes um, off of Regent, and then I eventually actually got a job at uh, La Verandre Lanes um, in St. Boniface. So I spent the majority of my time practicing and uh, training at La Verandre. And how do you train for bowling? Do you just bowl? Uh, no, well, there's, just, there's a lot that goes into um, bowling. Um, of course, I get into detail on lane patterns and bowling balls and um, you know, the dynamics of a bowling ball. But, 
just like any other sport, you know, you have to break it down into into different, um, you know, steps. Um, whether it be the physical aspect or the mental aspect or the the lane play or the bowling ball, uh, you know, strategies. Um, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it. Are you someone that puts a lot of spin on the ball? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I do. Um, have a higher rev rate, they call it. Okay. Do you use the finger holes, or do you kind of hold the ball in your palm? No, I use the the two fingers and the thumb, um, as opposed to a more common, um, I guess, strategy now is where people will use two hands. Um, I know I still use the conventional one hand. So people use two hands because that I think some people think of that as like a granny shot. <laughs> uh, kind of. No, uh, when you use two hands and you take your thumb out of the equation, it, it makes it a little easier to put that spin on the ball. So. A lot of people are opting for that strategy, but uh, no, that's not how I was you know, taught to bowl, so I, uh, I use the thumb and, and two fingers. Okay. So growing up then, did you usually you know, hang out with friends at the bowling alley, or was it kind of strictly business when you were there? Oh, no, not at all. No, it was definitely um, you know, where I did develop a lot of friendships. And uh, you know, like I said, I worked there, so I met a lot of good people through that. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about bowling is not only can you take it to a, kind of a serious level, but it you can always fall back on the fun aspect of it as well and then go and have a good time with your friends. So what do you do when you're not bowling? Uh, well, I just got out of school, actually. I went to school in uh, Kansas at Wichita State University. Um, I had a job coming out of school, but I kind of put that aside for now. I think I'm going to try and go professional. So I'm going to see if I can reside in the States, hopefully apply for a green card, and uh, join the professional tour down there. What kind of opportunities are there for professional bowlers? Um, so we actually just got a recent sponsorship from uh, Fox Sports. Um, and now with that, they're developing a whole new uh, professional tour starting this uh, January, actually. So I um, believe there's 12 or 13 televised events. Um, and yeah, it's something that we haven't seen for a while on the men's tour, at least. It was a, kind of a season. I think it's going to be about four or five months of uh, straight bowling every weekend. I think a lot of people look at bowling and like you said, it's not an Olympic sport and they might think of it more of a leisure thing, but in a sense, it's not a whole lot different from curling in that way. But what, why should people take bowling seriously? Um, I mean, it requires just as much talent and skill and you know, thought process and uh, mental training as any other sport, really. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that it's seen in the light as a, uh, leisure or like a, uh, a hobby or that kind of thing. But um, no, there's definitely a lot of us that take it seriously and look at it as a, you know, hopefully one day uh, Olympic sport. All right, Mitch, anything else you want to add? No, no, uh, not really. Um, you know, I was, I'm just very proud of, uh, you know, what Team Canada did in Hong Kong. I was, you know, proud to be a part of it, especially at such a young age. And, uh, you know, I really look forward to the future of bowling, the future of Team Canada. Um, you know, I think it looks really bright. All right, Mitch, well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me, get some rest, uh, know that the jet lag's probably real right now for you, and uh, congratulations on your big win. No, thank you so much. Thanks for giving me the call. That's Mitch Hupay, who won a world gold medal at a recent bowling tournament in Hong Kong. And if you think it's fringe, guess what? It's a Winnipegger who won a gold medal, okay? That's a pretty big deal. Regular listeners to the CGOB Sports Show will know that Friday's Around this time, it's the Power Parlay. If you're new to it, Philly, Joe from Power Mornings, and myself will take a 
betting line from the upcoming weekend, and we will put it in a parlay. Now, we've only all been successful at the same time once since we started doing this, but trust us, please. We'll come through eventually. So we do not have Joe today. He was successful last week and decided to take his money and run. Mm, He's on vacation in, uh, where is Joe? Vegas, Perfect. of all places. Of course he is. He's doing his actual betting down there. And he will. He, I mean, the guy loves gambling. Yeah. You know, and he's actually pretty good at it. I've been to Vegas once, and I'm kind of... It was 2013. I just turned 21, and I'm mad because that year in May, I could have put, you know, 20 bucks on the Red Sox to win the World Series at 20 to 1. Because in October that year, they won the World Series. <laughs> I could have made a couple hundred bucks, and I did not, and I, I kind of regret that. Those futures bets are fun. Yeah, they you, are. Yeah. You yeah. always see some interesting odds uh, uh, for a team. Well, my dad suggested, hey, put put, two, put some money on Minnesota, 200 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, that's a waste of money. Never thinking, what about Boston? Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, so last week, you and Joe got yours right, and I got mine wrong. Was that your first loss of the season, Christian? Maybe. Something tells me <laughs> it was. I, it, we, and you know, it cost us the parlay yeah. because we've, we've only been all successful once, and that was our second week doing this. So we're going to get it this week, though. We got it. I'm feeling good. So... Joe isn't here, but we can read his mind. Yep. Always you, with local teams. Always put your money where your heart is if you're <laughs> Joe Aiello. And that is the Winnipeg Jets. Sunday, they're taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. There's no line on it right now. Take the Jets. Yeah. T- in whichever way you want, but take them hard. Joe would take them hard against the Flyers, and I like that bet. The Flyers are a hot mess. The Jets are coming home. The Jets look like they're hitting their stride right now. They had that road trip where despite all the things that would be against them, the injuries to their defense, giving up three goals in the first couple periods to the Rangers. They pulled out three wins. Doesn't matter how you get them. Sometimes you just got to get the wins. And now they come home for a four-game homestand against teams that have all either fired their coach or yes. GM this season. I like them in this. On this, And you've got multiple players who play them lately saying, that's the best team in the NHL. Right. And they're getting reinforcements back. Buffalo's yep. practicing again. Kulikov, who I was reminded yesterday, plays for the Jets. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> He's coming back soon. So, so, yes. And Joe would take the Jets, take the Jets somehow yes. on this power parlay. Now, we're going to go to the NFL for our picks, Philly. Okay. What do you got? New Orleans at Tampa Bay. The okay. Saints are favored by eight and a half on the road. A few weeks ago, I would have said, take the Saints by 44. <laughs> but New Orleans is coming off a loss to Dallas. Yes. Tampa Bay looks like they've kind of righted their ship as much frisky. as yeah. as much as Tampa Bay can right their ship. They're yeah. coming a couple of wins, two straight wins. Um, I still think New Orleans will win this game, but I'd like it to be like a 44-41 or a 38-35 game, something like that, uh, under 8.5 anyway. So take the Bucks to cover that. Tampa Bay plays New Orleans usually pretty well, and the Bucks beat the Saints in the first week of the season. That's right. Back when the Saints weren't. As good, because then they almost lost to Cleveland, but since then they've been red hot. Tampa Bay cost me my pick last week. They beat Carolina because (sighs) Cam Newton threw four picks. He he doesn't look right. No, something's something's way off with the Panthers. Yeah, they're they're falling apart. They're six and six, so I'm staying away from them, even though they're at Cleveland this week. Those are two teams that you don't really know what to think. Cleveland's rolling. Baker Mayfield, new well, coach last there. week they got yeah. crushed by Houston. That kind of took Houston them. looks good, though. Houston does look good, and they have the chance if they can beat Indy this weekend to suddenly be right at the top of the AFC, which is crazy. Houston's uh, a rare breed in today's NFL. They have a defense, so that's... Yeah, and a quarterback <laughs> that's... You know, Deshaun Watson last year looked really good before he got hurt, and he's kind of been slowly coming back into form. They were 0-3. Th- yeah. They are now 9-3. Wow, that's <laughs> It's incredible. Crazy. Absolutely incredible. But I'm going to go with 
a pick I don't feel the best about going for a road team on a Sunday night, but I'm going to take the LA Rams in Chicago. It's only a three-point spread. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky is going to be back. Oh, Trubisky's playing. Trubisky's okay. He's going to be back. And before you think, oh, Chicago's not ready for primetime, they beat Minnesota on a Sunday night just a couple weeks ago. Tris- Trubisky got hurt in that game. He's coming back. But the L.A. Rams are the L.A. Rams. Are the L.A. Rams. Yeah, they They've can... only lost once. Their defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. But I think they can shut down Chicago enough to win this game by a field goal. Now, if Chicago goes out and wins this, that's kind of their exclamation point to win the division. Oh, boy, yeah. And so that's why I don't feel the best about it. But And the Bears have a good defense, too. The Bears have a great yep. defense. That's the one thing. They could maybe get after Jared Goff and shut down this lethal Rams offense. Are we talking you out of this pick right now, Christian? I may be talking <laughs> myself out of it. But there's nothing that jumps off the page this week. Because there's so many teams that you just can't trust. Yeah. Right? It's that time of year. Odd things start happening. It's either you can't trust them or the number's enormous. Yeah. And so I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't feel good about it, but sometimes those are the ones that just, just shut up and make the pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Just shut up and do it. So we've got the Rams by three in Chicago. We've got the Saints at Tampa Bay, but Philly likes them to Tampa Bay to cover the I, nine and a half. I like no eight and a half. Oh, you got eight and a half. I got. I can give you nine and a half if you want. Yeah, okay. I went by Western Canadian lotteries, but okay. I'll, nine and a half. I got nine and a half on my Let's phone. Let's go with nine you and want a half. Buy the Let's, extra point there? I'll buy that extra point. All right, we'll mm-hmm. give Joe the Jets on Sunday. Okay, perfect. Can I just quickly mention? Yes. Your Minnesota North Stars hoodie that that brings back memories of the old Norris Division. That's a great looking hoodie. I was one when they moved to Dallas. <laughs> awesome. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.